Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Erin Pym. And here at the podcast, what I like to do is bring fun, sexy guests into my studio and have in-depth conversations about sex and sexuality. As you can see from the title, this is a part two of a big two-parter with my lovely guest, Steve, and we're talking about his 21 polyam hacks. So, if you have not heard the first half of this episode, go and do that because, you know, I'm sure we make a lot of callbacks and refer to earlier hacks in this second half. While I have you captive, I can't not talk about my Patreon, everybody. It is located at patreon.com slash thebedpostshow, and there are three different tiers. Whatever you are comfortable to give is lovely by me. What you're going to get is solo mini episodes, little half-hour apps about my pro-doming life as a, as a professional dominatrix. You'll also get some solo episodes about my um, my own personal poly stuff that happens to me, which um, I have quite a bit of stuff going on right now, so you wanna might want to go check that out. Also, I do audio erotica. I used to be an author back in the day, an erotica author. So what I'm doing is recording audio versions of these old stories of mine and releasing them all on my Patreon. Also, you're going to get some photo sets, some fetishy photo sets, some fetishy clips and content, which is always fun. Or, um, you know, if you're not really interested in any of that stuff, uh, but you are interested in supporting the artist, once again, you can do so at patreon.com slash thebedpostshow. So without further ado, I'm going to bring you right into our second part with Steve and his 21 polyam hacks. Enjoy, everybody. Number 13, unlucky number 13 says, become a critical thinker. Yes. Um, You remember that point we were talking about where you're constantly sort of like, um, in you know, diving into self help and self care yes, and yep, relationship yep. health publications and blogs and whatever. One of the things that also is like just self improvement and you know, this is a very lofty philosophical thing, but like, you know, if you're the kind of person that sort of doubles down on your belief system without actually listening to what other people are saying. Mm. Polly might not be for you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's We're all stubborn in our own ways. But to me, a critical thinker is somebody who can admit when they're wrong when they're faced with the facts. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you've heard of this sort of like term backfire effect. Okay. Apparently human beings do this naturally. It's if, Even if you're faced with overwhelming evidence that you're wrong, <laughs> you, out of pride and... Yes. Just double down you on double that belief down, system. Yes. You yeah. see this in like Trump voters a lot, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry yeah. to like bring it down a notch, but <laughs> but like you know, there's overwhelming evidence that there's corruption and there's Russians and there's terrible things happening. It's the deep state, yeah. right? Like that is that is the sort of like opposite of being a critical <laughs> thinker. Um, I have always very from a very young age, and I'm not trying to brag about it, but I, I do I do feel like sharing this this idea is listen to people, really listen to them, and sort of ask yourself, am I wrong? 
And then if you are wrong... Is it possible that I might be wrong? And this is yes. super important in, poly- in polyamory. Because when you get in those, like, fights, and they happen, and every hel- he- healthy relationship should have healthy conflict as well, part of that healthy conflict is, like, picking the, the hill to die on mm-hmm. and choosing it very carefully. <laughs> do you want to die on this hill yeah, today? Yes. Like, and it, what it causes you to do is the things that are really important to you become the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um... And the things that you're willing to wiggle on are the growth, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where I think this critical thinking skill comes into play with polyamory. Very cool. Yeah. Number 14, develop a jealousy sponsor. Oh, I love that's that. A good one. I love that. And a have, jealousy sponsor. <laughs> I have to say that I can't take credit for this one. <laughs> it's probably a really, yeah. really wonderful partner a few years back who they invented this. I love it. Um, I love it. And I and others um, think it is actually quite brilliant. It is. It's really smart. Um, and it is, so, uh, again, I'll build a scenario. You're going on a date. Mm-hmm. Partner is at home. They got nothing to distract them. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it's difficult sometimes. Yeah. When you're, you're at home position. alone, yeah. you got and no you just, plans. Your brain catastrophizes and goes into a place like, oh my God, they're going to fall in love and get married. Lonely, you, know? you start feeling. Yeah, it can be real. Like jealousy jealous. is normal, it's healthy, but it's also, it's not a precise emotion. It's lots of emotions. Yeah, it's not telling you what the problem is. It's telling you there is a problem, and it's mm-hmm. lying to you sometimes, mm-hmm. more often than not. Um, so this person, what they would do is they would um, crack open the classics and read the chapters on jealousy, <laughs> as opposed Love to that. texting me and going, "I need you." When are you or, getting home? Yeah, when are you getting home? Or I need you to check in on me, like you know, like, mm-hmm. and uh, so check. this, I, uh, and so. Um, you know, reading the classics and they felt better because they could see, they could focus what, you know, you know, they were feeling this jealousy and these books and these publications and these blogs would, would sort of break down where these feelings are coming from. You know, it's also good to have somebody who is polyam evolve to talk to a friend, a metamore, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to pick up the phone or even have a friend date at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, meditation techniques, all of these things to sort of like help you stay grounded. How you cope. And, and, and stay... And examine. Yeah, it's almost like... Um, Keep calm. It's, it's, it is a form of self-love, I think. Keep calm, not worry, and not let that like disaster brain, lizard brain thing take <sighs> you on like a journey of horrible sadness where you can't sleep and you can't wait for your partner to get home yeah and i like how uh, talking about a jealousy sponsor how it doesn't have to be a person necessarily no in you fact, know it can be an activity it, can yeah, be, it was yeah. all about just focusing on the feelings yeah. in a sort of professional way like yeah. seeking the advice of the experts that are out there that are written and and sort of going oh yeah that's so mature good for <laughs> it that is person. mature bravo bravo that person yeah. yes Number 15, don't ghost and don't stash. Oh, yeah, so this is kind of a two-parter. Yes, yeah. ghosting I'm familiar with. Stashing I wasn't until I read this, and I was like, oh, hell, yeah, people okay, do people do that. Yeah. Maybe let's talk more about the stashing sure. thing, because we've all been ghosted, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, ghosting right? is, is a Ghost- modern phenomenon, oh, it's and terrible it's too. awful. That's the worst. It's just terrible behavior. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm 48 year old, so I'm 48 years old. So I'm kind of the old grandpa type, you know? And, uh, so this idea of ghosting, I think those kids these days, but everybody does it now. 
yeah. Stashing stashing. is related to ghosting in a way, but I think it's a little bit more insidious. And I've seen this a lot in sort of cis male behavior. Not to say that other people can't do this. I've certainly been the victim of it. But it's sort of like, you know, you really want to fuck that person, Mm -hmm. but I'm married and I can't. But I'm going to keep flirting with you and keep you at an arm's length. This is like really one of those tactics that people who aren't honest about what they're doing with other people will use. And then I'll text you up. Yeah. You know, out of the blue. you have some intense (laughs) date with somebody, you really like them. Mm -hmm. Everything seems great. And then they ghost and they disappear and it's hurtful and you're hurt. And then three months later you get, hey, what's going on? Sorry, I ghosted. And you go through it again, and they do it again. What they're doing is they're they're keeping you in their fuck bucket. Yes, right? <laughs> yes, they are. They can't. And they're they collecting. Can't, they're collecting. They're collecting. They can't act on it for whatever reason is happening in their life. Usually, mm-hmm. it's because they'll be cheating. <laughs> And people are so shitty. Yeah, they, people are shitty, and this is yeah. like this isn't even a polyamory thing. <laughs> yeah, this is just a, a dating thing. Polyamorous yeah. people or ethical open love people will run into these people, especially like I have had amazing relationships via Tinder, mm-hmm. like one of the most fulfilling relationships I've ever had through Tinder. Mm-hmm. Um, I got very lucky, but I saw and I experienced also the dregs of it. Yes. Right. Like and like you know, it's usually somebody's like, Yeah, I'm Polly and then they're not. Yes. Yeah, been there. <laughs> oh, not I've, at all. Oh, I've dated someone that, yeah, we're we're thinking about Polly. We're in experimenting with Polly. Mm-hmm. Oh really, are you? Mm-hmm. You are, maybe. Mm-hmm. You are. And then they then they slip the old but is mind she? keeping but this is on she? the DL just for now. We're working on it. It's like no <sighs> No, nope. I really seriously <laughs> doubt that you are. Nope. So stashing, oh my mm-hmm. god, love it. I, I mean, this one goes on for a long time, but I think part of it is I had to write what stashing was and the phenomenon around yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, it, this is more of a warning to those who are serious about ethical open love and practice it with sort of an open heart. Mm-hmm. Um, be careful of these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. they're out there. They're, yeah. they're, gonna, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're out there. Be vigilant. Um, and don't do it yourself. And I'll be honest, I have done this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have actually done this. I may not have been in a scenario where I was have been I was intended to cheat, mm-hmm. but it was more like I just don't have the time mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. for whatever legitimate reason. But I really like you, and so it's and like I'm, you know push, 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 and then oh, I'm ready now. You can come in. Yeah, that's when you're, you're treating people like fucking numbers and objects and stuff. And some people like to be treated like an object, but. You can't assume that. Yes. <laughs> Only within a consensual role play. Absolutely. Where you like objectification. Yes. Okay. Ask permission first. <laughs> <laughs> Number 16. Introduce your new partners to your old right away. Right away. I may have to... Disagree? Disagree on yep. this one. However... Fact, most people do. Yes. Yeah. Most I can imagine. people do. Yeah. And I am not... I wrote this, and I want to make it very clear. This hack... Is not so that your partners can be the best of friends forever. Yeah, yeah. This hack... Don't is, have to be best friends, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot, a lot of people think you're doing here. Right. I think a lot of people are thinking that what it does do is it legitimizes people right away. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Met a person on an app purely for sex. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always have the, 
you know, let's have a beer and see if you're not an axe murderer type of situation date date before. (laughs) And I ended up talking a lot about my other relationships and my lifestyle and my polyamorous philosophy Mm -hmm. to this person. Mm -hmm. And I could see them kind of going, you're full of shit, dude. (laughs) Like, nobody's actually like this. (laughs) You know, not in a rude way. But... And I had a text message from my one of my partners who was with another one of my partners who's with another one of my partners on a try date. Mm -hmm. And they were like, how's your date going? Why don't you guys meet us? We're at a bar like three dars down. Why Mm -hmm. don't you come over and introduce this person? And I was just on the cuff going, do you want to actually meet these people? Do you feel comfortable doing that? Then let's do it. And they were like, really? You're telling the truth? I'm like, they're like... They're literally down the street. We had the best time. That's and amazing. that person thanked me after. They're like, I thought I like it was actually quite exciting because there was we come to this bar, it's a very sexually charged flirtatious vibe in the air. Fun. And that like that person was like I was like after, you know, the, the, you know, we were had a few drinks and we're, you know, I was like, Do you wanna like split and go home? They're like, Yes, <laughs> yes! I want to I want to fuck you so bad right now. <laughs> And so I use that as an example of, you know, where it really works, but it also really legitimizes what you're talking about with your partner. Yeah. Um, now, I've also had scenarios where I've introduced partners right away, and they don't get along. Yeah. But at least it it gets the, the conversation started right away mm-hmm. about parameters, about limits, about why, about whether we're headed towards a veto situation. Why do you mm-hmm. feel this way? Why do you feel threatened? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and so for me, it's all about having it all on the table, all at the same time, to have the conversations you need to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> present now, present your argument. Now present your debate. <laughs> I, I I kind of view um, meeting the nesting partner or meeting other partners kind of like a meeting the parents situation. Maybe not waiting that long when you would actually probably wait to introduce your parents, but. Waiting long enough that it's established enough that that might that, that you might I yeah what's my what am I coming up against here? I think I it think might you, be adding pressure maybe to a new relationship. Uh, yeah, I think you possibly. sort of hit the nail on the head when you said oh, what did you just say? Just Meeting the parents. Um, you know the pressure. Yeah. Part of it. I guess the counter argument to that is if you make it out to be a, be a big deal. That person might feel like they're. I wouldn't want them to, to feel intimidated. Living up to um, the ex- oh oh this is the real relationship. I yes, have, I have that to live, too. I have to live up to that. Oh, I'm not really a person. Like, or I have to. Or I have to get my approval from my husband, and that's why my husband's meeting me. You know, like much like yeah. your dad meeting your boyfriend for the first time. Yeah. That can be pretty unnecessarily tense. But you're also unnecessarily building it up to be this big deal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. Like, if you are, I think, serious about cultivating a relationship with a new person, mm-hmm. that you should make that person feel uh, important as quickly and right away, uh, as, as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And if you're waiting to meet the real partner, um, there's this sort of like... What am I chopped liver kind of right. feeling they're, going on there? Yeah, so there, it's because they're more important, is, which might is might be why. artificial. Yeah. And um, then another thing I think I'm coming up against with this is that 
all poly people don't go in that poly fam dynamic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can be practicing non-monogamy, polyamory, whatever you want to call it, openness within your relationships, but not have all the metamors be interacting, you know, and and have more of a dynamic where it's like, those are your relationships, and it's all kind of separate. And this is where and that's we just sort of, as valid. This is where we branch off and remind people that these are my personal exactly. principles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel very strongly about but like my a family people, dynamic. Not necessarily even family dynamic. We have a saying in our sort of family of you don't have to like the person, but you have to respect the relationship. Totally. That's there's a massive di- difference there. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be best friends with the person. You don't have to date you them too. To res- and that's, You're not dating the both of us. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so this meeting right away, to me, establishes that at a personal level. Gotcha. Like, so that's sort of what I'm getting at there. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, zoom in right along. Oh my God, we're behind. I'm looking at the time. We can do this. We can do it. Number well, 17. Maybe we can. Maybe we can. <laughs> these are the heavy ones. This might. It's yeah. okay. If you're into staying, you know, an extra 10 minutes with that. me. Yeah, and you could just edit it out. You I, <laughs> I'm into making this episode 10 minutes longer, okay, if you are. Cool. Okay, so number 17 on breakups. Embrace the blast radius. Blade, embrace the, the blast, blast radius, radius with, grace. with grace. I like that. The blast radius. That's I guess fun. This one could be actually summarized pretty quickly, even though it's quite a long one. Remember, I was saying, you know, polyamory, when it's good, it's really, really good. When it's bad, it's really, really bad. <laughs> yeah. I guess this one was written at a time where... <laughs> I like how there's was, a narrative to these 21 hacks. Very much so. It's like you obviously just went through a breakup or someone else in the well, dynamic went through a, a breakup. Well, actually, it was a partner had just gone through a breakup. There you go, yeah. And yeah. the thing that I realized at that time, probably for the first time in a very serious manner, is that I was going to lose that person as well. Mm. Somebody I valued as a metamor. And I've lost many metamors throughout my journey in polyamory where I feel... Like you a, feel a breakup. You feel a breakup. Good. You feel yeah. a, a tremendous amount of loss. And this point is really there to remind people that I think one of the reasons I wrote this is the partner at the time, I didn't think, realized how much they... It was a very, I'm not into this person. I'm just going to get rid of them. And it's like... What? Oh, but what? You, you have this feeling like you, this is a know, piece of you're our trying puzzle. Trying to build a relationship with uh, my feeling at the time was this person was just kind of using this person and weren't serious about it and they weren't really working hard at it and they were just going to jettison it because they were looking for something else. And that's fair. Like everybody, does. all valid. Yeah, yeah all, all valid, valid reasons to break up with. Someone. But I felt a tremendous loss. Um, I had seen other scenarios where you know in triad scenarios were. Your partners are fighting and they break up, but you're still with the other person. That is mm. tremendously hard mm. and difficult to navigate. This whole point is, and I'm again, we could have a whole episode on these some of these topics, and this mm. is one of them. Mm-hmm. It's just a reminder that um, you really got to have that sort of emotional intelligence for this lifestyle, Oof, big time. Uh, and you know, you you don't want to, you can't clear the blast radius. You have to embrace it. You have to understand you're going to feel these feelings. You have to be graceful about it. The other part of this is there is a tendency, like, I guess it's don't be a gossip monkey. And I'm the worst at gossip. I fucking love gossip. I do. <laughs> People who know me or listen to this right now are going, oh, yeah, fucking Steve. Don't tell him that. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, 
there's a tendency in poly groups to unload emotionally on somebody what's going on over here. Yeah. We all do. It's yeah. hu- like, talking and you about can't your avoid. partner to your other partner. You got to be really whatever. careful when your partner is talking about your other partner and like cuz you can get caught in the middle really fast. I've been at the butt end of this one big time, mm-hmm. several times. Mm-hmm. And there's this tendency where at least in my experience where you try to advocate on the partner that's not there because mm-hmm. you know them and you are the liaison and the the missing link here and then the person they're having an issue with thinks that you are taking a side taking a side and it's this horrible thing um to be in the middle of so i guess i haven't learned how to master this one this one's Mm -hmm. not even really a hack it's more like it's just be ready be ready for breakups happen yeah Uh, you might have to say you're not allowed to talk about this person around me at this time because it's kind of like... Um, yeah, you're going to have to develop boundaries around it. Conflict of interest yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not fair to you to unload emotionally and gossip, gossip, gossip about what they're doing to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that goes both ways. You gotta be, you can't, you shouldn't be doing that to your partner. You're just like, Oh, I don't like this person because they did this to me and they're terrible. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And it's like, uh, I'm still with that person. And <laughs> you just put me in a really awkward position. Yeah. So yeah, that's what this point is all about. Is yeah. that sort of like, there's a, there's a, I guess there is that emotional intelligence you need to cultivate in this one and realize that you need to sort of have your wits about you on boundaries and breakups and being hurt and how you're going to manage that and it's mm-hmm. not all nice all the time and mm-hmm. yeah boom. and even just helping a partner through a breakup yes that's something you never think there. about until it happens oh yeah it's you're like, like oh my god my partner's heartbroken it's the worst feeling he had his heart broken yeah and i and how do very... i and now how do i navigate trying let me to... ask you this question please so if you're if you're, you know, with a group of your friends and somebody attacks your friend, like physically attacks your friend, what's your first reaction? You'll get right in between it. You're yeah. going to get in there and <laughs> fuck that person up, yeah. right? That's what we do, yeah. right? And yeah. we're very... So this is this is happens in polyamory, and I've seen this happen, where I have been going through something very emotional with somebody, maybe even a potential breakup thing, and my other partner will jump in and go, how dare you... <laughs> You're going to break his heart, you bitch. And it's like, no, (laughs) separate you guys. Like, it happens. But that's a natural thing we do. Like, we love each other, right? Yeah. (laughs) Right? All right. All right. Next one. Number 18, don't make yourself stupid rules that you cannot keep. Don't make yourself stupid rules you can't keep. (laughs) my favorite one i'm glad we made it here we never made it here on uh intellectual erection and i gotta tell you i love this one great let me because have it, it is hilarious so i will full disclosure transparency this one is a poly 101 this yes. is for the newbies yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and i rem- so i i i uh i did some barbering for a while and so i cut a lot of people's hair and a lot of people would come over and a lot of poly people would come over and a few people i know are fairly new and there's like, diff- you know, you could make like classifications of things and then you can subclassify, but there's, there's a type of poly, which is the long established monogamous couple yes. wants to wants open to a open relationship and want to try poly. Yeah. And some people do it right and last forever. And some people, it's really the harbinger of the end of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is for them mm-hmm. because I have 
personal friends right now who I love as couples who are opening their relationships up and they say things like this and I go, oof, guys, oh my God. And they ask me, like, they're like, you're Polly, give us all the advice. Yeah. And it's like, well, this, here's some advice for you. Yeah. I've heard these rules. Here, give you some examples. Yes. No sex without the other present. Yep. Right. I've heard that one as yeah. well. Yep. So no you can do over... threesomes. You can do. Yeah. yeah but whatever. you got to be in the room. Yeah. You so that's in... kind of more non-monogamy rather than, cause you're not. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not necessarily ethical open love. It's not, it's not monogamy. That's for sure. Yeah. You're fucking a third person. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, no overnight stays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard that one too. Yeah. I don't do that just cause I don't like to. I hate sleeping on the bed. <laughs> I can't. Totally, I'm the same. <laughs> I can't, and I'm like, I love the idea of a sleepover, and oh, breakfast. But, oh, what fun! No, but when it becomes I a rule, I don't want like, to. Like, let's say you have a club night or a fetish night that goes till three in the morning. You go home for that raucous, amazing time, and then next thing you know, it's five, and you just want to have like you a just cuddle. Want to crash, man. Like, yeah, that's all night long. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, that's an overnight stay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those couples that sort of say no overnight stays, you run into that problem. Mm. Like, oh, midnight, I gotta go. Cinderella, right? Yes, yeah, so I'll turn into a pumpkin. It, yeah. yeah. Uh, no penetrative sex, oh, only okay. oral or foreplay. Yeah. Like, penetrative sex is oh, like, so a, like priority a sacred penis cow, thing. you yeah, know, like kind of thing. One penis type No thing. falling in love. <laughs> These are real. These are common. These are actually common things that, you know, monogamous... Yep, they'll try to police. No, yes. No trips or romantic getaways. You know, that kind of stuff. So all of these yeah. are sort of um, revolve around one thing. And that one thing is the false assurance that toxic monogamy is built on. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a rule of no sex without the other present, mm-hmm. and you sleep with somebody without them present or they mm-hmm. pass out while you're in the bed and you fuck them, mm-hmm. you know, you've broken the rule and mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You felt this was, this is your feelings and you, and you're fighting your feelings in this ethical, like if you're, again, you got to sort of chop it up. There are swingers and different levels of polyamory and different classifications and solo and not solo and hierarchical and all these different and things. Anarchy. And bubble- anarchy. Yeah. But like, if you are, serious about the idea of being free to love who you want the way you want Mm -hmm. these rules are going to be broken Mm -hmm. and we're not saying don't have limits and don't have boundaries absolutely we're not saying that and we're not saying like i don't know maybe you are saying this well maybe i am maybe maybe you are saying because i was gonna say we're not saying you have to do all or nothing but are you saying that keep in mind this is personal yeah. This is from personal experience. Yeah. Whatever works for you works for you. Yes. But what I will, what I what like I will say here yeah. is you cannot control fidelity. Mm-hmm. And we get back to this whole non-possessiveness argument. I cannot control what you're going to do. No, you cannot. So if you fall in love with somebody and the rule is you're not allowed to fall in love with somebody, what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Are you wrong? Do you feel that you're wrong? Right. Well, you've broken a rule mm-hmm. that, you, that you promised. Yeah. But you also fell in love with somebody. <laughs> you know, like it's a mm-hmm. it's quite an, uh, a dilemma. Mm-hmm. What is? I mean, we're looking for rights and wrongs here, and there is no right or wrong here. Like I think that's what you're trying to say. So many shades of gray around all of these subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I guess what I'm trying to say is a lot of these rules are put into play to try to control a situation and avoid getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yes, definitely. My argument is the best way to control a situation and not get hurt is to throw caution to the wind and be free. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I'm getting at there. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting because I always say there's two ways for newbies to come at polyamory. One is to put, um, you know, is to suss out kind of your limits, boundaries, and start with rules and then let them fall away over time. Yeah. Or the other way yeah. is to start, just fucking jump right in. And then as problems come up, as problems come up multiple times, then you may need to create a limit boundary rule yeah. contract, yeah. some sort of thing to well, st- to minimize hurt if something's coming up multiple absolutely. times. Absolutely. I mean, like, you know. like every poly... So you can do it this way where you start start with rules and then you don't need most of them, most likely, as you go along if you're serious about it. Yeah. And the intention If you're is, serious about it. Yeah. That's really the key thing. Because I think a lot of these rules get put into play by people who don't want to do this. I 100% agree with you there. Yeah. Or one person does and one the other person, person does doesn't. and the other person does And, like, I always look at these people and go, the real rules you need to be talking about, the real boundaries you need to be talking about, what are your parameters around safer sex? What, you know, these are the things that... The, the, the things that control monogamous fidelity are the least of your worries in polyamory, in right. my opinion. Yeah. Because you're playing with those things already. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also kind of insulting, if you think about it, to be the unicorn partner and like, oh, I can't fuck you because it's a rule. Right, right? yeah. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, however, I'm going to counter this also because my other thought I was thinking is what I like about polyamory is that you can custom create your relationships. Yeah. There isn't a script, really. Yeah. There is a script in monogamy. We all know what we're supposed to do in monogamy in general, um, with some exceptions. But polyamory, you can cater it to your com- your own comfortability and your own limits and boundaries. Yeah. I guess my counter-argument to that is mm-hmm. the word ethical. Yeah. Right? If you are going to engage with somebody and your rule is no penetrative sex... That person better know that right up front, because oh, if you yeah. get into a situation where you have you you know they pull it out and you're like, I'm not allowed, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not allowed to do this mm-hmm. because, you know, then you run into that situation where it's not ethical and you're using a person, right, 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 right. yeah. And I think that's what I'm getting at with these stupid rules. Yeah, yeah. Um, By calling the rules stupid. Well, yeah, I'm calling you're, the rules yeah, stupid. The cheekiness is coming from. <laughs> Again, I get to this idea of you can't control people. Mm-hmm. You know, you can make the rules, and those rules will get broken, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless you really have that ethical part of it into play, and I think that's what you're getting at. Yes, is, is um, you know, there is the ability to tailor and have these limits and boundaries, but for me, I always sort of throw in that word ethical and make sure that it sticks. Yeah. Because if it doesn't, you're just lying to yourself. Yes. Yes. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. 
Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Number 19. Don't get cocky. Oh, yeah. We sort of talked about this already. Don't get cocky about it. Don't get cocky. Um, I see this all the time. <laughs> Monogamous people getting so, like, fucking poly people, man. They're rubbing it in our face like vegans. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Poly is not the be-all and end-all. Yeah. And there are people who are very evangelical about it, and I have been accused of being that way by just having these kinds of articles. Yeah, and And, conversations, yeah. And, you know, I think for me, writing this, again, it's very personal. I needed to sort of knock myself off the high horse and say, you know what? It is not the best relationship model Mm -hmm. out there. Um, There is no such thing as the best. The best is whatever works for you. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I did receive some correspondence with somebody who really knocked me down and said, and this is where that critical thinking comes into play, and put together some really solid arc arguments where I was like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of an asshole about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, you know, I got to really watch what I say, and, like, the should do this and shouldn't do that, that's really, like, arrogant. Um and polyamory does have a little bit of an arrogant reputation right now because it's mm-hmm. kind of like being more and more accepted and people are very excited about it. And when it works, you want to yell it from the top of the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm in love and I don't care who knows it. Yes. I'm fucking multiple people. <laughs> yeah, I'm the best. I want the world it to know. It is the best. Well, just because. And you're like more evolved. You're, oh, you know. Oh, so much more emotionally yeah, evolved. Yeah, I'm you know. So I, you know, you monogamous people. Yeah. You don't know anything. It's so toxic. Well, exactly. There is yeah. toxic monogamy. There is toxic polyamory. Love right? that. Yeah. yeah. True. Like, just don't get cocky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like that it's like the cockiness also of like, um, you know, finding a dynamic where it's suddenly all just working, and then you know what though? Don't get cocky because a month later, <laughs> well, and I, it could not. Um, and then you get a new person in there, and it throws, you know, like oh yeah, because you've got to redo everything for each new partner that enters the whole thing so it's like you're constantly having to figure it out you know and I, learn when i was 23 years old i thought i knew everything <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> and i think the sort of same goes with polly when i first got into polly and i started doing it successfully and i had like seven years under my belt i thought like, i yeah. know everything <laughs> 
I guarantee you, you don't. Yes, exactly. I've been doing this for exactly. 13 years, and I don't, don't. know shit. Exactly. <laughs> so. Isn't there a phrase that's like, true knowledge is admitting that you don't know uh, anything yeah. or something like that? Something. Okay. Now, there's also, I just want to add to this a little bit. I sure. Know, I know we're running out of time. Oh, but okay. like, there are also the other side of this. Yeah. Like, I have had monogamous people who tell me, oh, your relationship failed because you're poly. That's your problem. You're just poly. Mm. Well, that is like equal. Like, poly inherently. Is just inherently a flawed model. Yeah, And right. they, people truly believe this. And you get a lot of long, especially people who have been in monogamous relationships for, like, decades. You know, married couples who've been together for, like, 20 years or over. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you know, poly's your problem. You know, you're always having these problems because you're a polyamorous person. And there's a pressure, too, as a poly person to, like, you know, like, I have to work because I have to represent, like, this idea I never thought of, that, of right. poly, yeah. right? So I it's like... I never thought of that, but yeah. that is true. I think, there, I think definitely I if I think that... I definitely I make have, it work. It's like, oh my god, if this polyamorous relationship fails, then no, everybody's going to see that it's a sham. But it's yeah. like, yeah, I guess that's one of the things is you've got, like, you can't bro- brush broad strokes, strokes on these relationship models. Definitely. Like, I've been in some super toxic monogamous relationships. It's one of the reasons I became polyamorous mm-hmm. is I could release myself from those. If you're doing it right, you've been together with your partner and you're in love and you're going to be old on the you know, telling the kids to get off the lawn, good for you. Fucking good for yeah. that person. Yeah, great. Don't get cocky, though. Don't get cocky, though. <laughs> Number 20, frenemies and metamorphs. This is all... We sort of talked about this already. I've actually thought about taking this out. Um, this is all about the whole um, idea of you don't have to be friends, but you have to respect the relationship. Mm-hmm. And that very important differentiating line that is difficult to keep. Mm-hmm. Because if you really don't like somebody... Mm-hmm. It's really hard to respect the relationship. Yep. Right. It's almost impossible sometimes, and I wrestle with this one. Yeah. Um, if you just get a bad feeling from the person, you know they haven't well, done anything yet, but you just don't like them. I guess that's sort of a personal boundary for me. Is I have had partners say things like, "I don't know what it is about that person. I just don't I just like don't them. Like them. Yeah. To me, that's not good enough. Yeah. Right. You got to quantify what you dislike about that person. Because if you're not doing that, then you're choosing to be a bad metamorph. Mm-hmm. And that sounds extreme to me. Like, again, this is a personal experience thing. Like, whatever you feel is valid, that's all true. Mm-hmm. But you, sh- you, like, I think we as human beings re- need to be really, really careful. Because if, like, if I look at, you ever have, like, this is very common with teenagers, I think, where that person just doesn't like me. Or my teacher hates me. That's why I got a bad mark. Right. My kids say that all the time. It's like, right. no, they don't. <laughs> you, you probably are an asshole you did at some something. point. And, you, did you know, something. you've done something to annoy the <laughs> fuck out of them. And they look and you probably know asconce you did at you. <laughs> but the reality is, is, you know, it's so frustrating to be into somebody and have your partner go, I don't, I don't know what it is. I just don't like them. It's mm-hmm. like, well, why? Like, you have to break that down for me. If you're in a relationship with me, Steve, you have to break that down. Because if you're just deciding not to like somebody, there's an emotional... There's more to it. There's more to it. Mm-hmm. And you're hiding that from me. Mm-hmm. That's, how, that's, a, that's what I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what 20 is all about, is really um, doing the work about 
developing a healthy relationship with not only your meta, but your partners and trying to cultivate that. It doesn't have to be the wonderful poly fam where everybody... Don't have to be besties. Don't have to all be hanging out all the time. Yeah. But, you know... Yeah, the other side of that is actually sabotaging your other partner's relationship because you actively dislike that person. Yes. You know, and yeah. that's horrible. Yeah. All right. I we have arrived We've at twenty one. We have arrived twenty one. <laughs> I like this I like how this ends. It gets better. It does. It gets better. It does. Um, I think for me when polyamory sort of legit so I lived in shame of polyamory for many, many years. I was born in the 70s, mm-hmm. I came to sexual, you know, age in the 90s and the 80s, um, and I hid my polyamory from, and I had very few multiple partners early on, and it was, you know, it was very weird. Mm-hmm. And then I um, remember sitting down to lunch with my mother, <laughs> who was a very interesting person, you, you probably should have her on Um, and uh i told her i I came out Mm -hmm. i said i have multiple partners i love these people i have two women i love and you know we were at the time thinking about living with each other uh and of course i i wanted my mom to know this Mm -hmm. and my and i knew that my mom has lived a very sexually liberating life her entire life and was a swinger Mm. that's what they called it Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my mother was a sex worker. My mother was, I found out recently she was a pro dom. Wow. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah. Okay. In the seventies. Wow. Yeah. Uh, oh. I, I, um, and her response was like, I've been doing it for years, kiddo. Like here's, let me tell doing you. Doing polyamory yeah, for years. Yeah. Let me tell you how it works. You just gotta be honest. She was the one, like she had her own sort of <laughs> She's got her list. own polyam hacks, hacks list. Yeah. Love and, it. uh. Yeah, and it was just sort of like, oh my god, I'm not special, but that was so nice to hear. And I think, you know, that's a long-winded roundabout way, you know, when you talk about it gets better, Mm -hmm. it it can get really bad. It can be difficult. You can, you can, there's lots of mistakes you will make, and this is again for the newbie 101s. Um, But... There and, is, the, and the more experienced people, you'll still yeah, make mistakes. Yeah, like you hear you'll people, keep making you, mistakes. You hear people <laughs> talk about compersion and the feeling and how wonderful it is. I can't even express to you how wonderful it is. Like it does get better if you work it, mm-hmm. if you're serious about it, if you're honest with yourself about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have very, very healthy and fulfilling relationships. It's one of the reasons why I'm such a passionate advocate for it because I've sort of seen the light. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and again, I, I'm being careful not to get on that evangelical high horse. Like yes, when I say yeah, that, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, you can have healthy relationships in polyamory. You can have healthy relationships in monogamy. You can have healthy relationships in anarchy. Um, but the trick is healthy. And how do you get to that healthy place? Yeah. How do you avoid that cheaty place? You know, mm-hmm. which a lot of people associate polyamory with cheating because they've had a bad experience with it. Well, it does get better. Yeah. You know. And you just got to give it time and write your own hacks. Yeah. Send me your hacks. Yeah. Want to write a book about this? Send me your hacks. I yeah. need your hacks. And we need a hundred. Yeah. Is there a deadline? <laughs> we need well, this idea of making this into a book is a brand new idea that's playing in my it. head. But, I think you should take it seriously. But I do think that, like, I don't want it to all be just me. 
Mm-hmm. I want to share, like, I want to co-author this with other people, right? Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a number of books I'd like and to And hear read. other people's stories, too. Like, Absolutely. I, I like the idea of each hack having a personal, someone's personal story. Well, and, like, having yeah. differentiating, even opposing views on it. Yeah, Because definitely. even we in this podcast sort of disagreed on some of these things, and, like, yeah. it's very interesting to sort of deconstruct those things and figure out why I feel that Don't Ask, Don't Tell is a very you know, flawed system and other people mm-hmm. have come to me many times and go, don't ask, do don't tell is what yeah. we do and yeah. we do it right. So who are you, sister? Right. Yeah. You know, like to talk to me that way. And I love that even pre- before the recording, we were saying, uh, cause you know, we've both done some talks at Oasis and whatnot and we kind of are, are uh, sexual education and kink educating speakers. Peeps. So it's like, well, yeah, if you want to learn something, go take up workshops by different facilitators, mm-hmm. a bunch of different facilitators, read a bunch of differently authored books, a bunch of uh, differently hosted podcasts, like yes, hear yes. all the perspectives, right? Absolutely. That's and you'll how become, you're going to And get... like in these talks, I'm sure you've run into this, you run into people that challenge your ideas. Definitely. And they, they, you uh, like, oh, I've got another new hack now just from talking with you. Totally. You know? Like, you just sort of painted this new scenario that I never thought about that you're navigating. So that's, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Okay. Oh my God. Congratulations, first of all. <laughs> Thank you. For getting through that. Well done, Steve. <laughs> Do you have anything you would like to let us know about your socials or, uh, I yes, don't know, of course. can we so, hire you? I don't know. Yeah. I love, I love talking. I love, I've got a couple of um, things I do, uh, obviously polyamory is a subject that I I like to talk about. I also do a talk on the history of fetish fashion, Mm -hmm. which is fascinating because I'm a history nut and um, sort of fell onto the subject uh, by accident and it's it's actually a really, it actually gets into like queer history in a really like interesting way that people don't really realize. also, if I may plug the Fate Fetish Night that uh, I am uh, one-fourth part of that happens <laughs> usually the first Saturday of every other month, uh, and, you know, as part of that fetish community, we put on a good show down at uh, Remix Lounge, and uh, I'm sure that my peeps uh, who helped me with Fate... Uh, uh, would appreciate me plugging that one. The next one, I don't know when this podcast gets put out, but the next one is December seventh. Great. Yeah. Um, and you're you do have a DJ name. Yeah, it's DJ Hanged Man. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. can we follow you on your socials? Yes. Uh, uh, you can follow Fate.ca on Instagram. Um, on I don't think we have, yeah we have Facebook. Of course we have Facebook. Um, uh, the uh, my my. If you want to follow my sort of BDSM persona, the House of the Hanged is uh, is what you want to follow on Instagram. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but Fate, go follow Fate. Great. I'm connected to all that. Amazing. <laughs> okay, so what I got to tell you about bedpost things. So for bedpost, you know, we have the, uh, as I was telling you, we've booked the entire 2020 uh, at the Social Capital Theater the third Friday of every month at 8 p.m. So we'll see you there. Um, as for the pod... You know, you can follow me on Facebook at Bedpost Erotica. You can follow my new Instagram because it got deleted. Uh, big surprise there. The new <laughs> one is Bedpost Podcast. 
Speaking of that, my pro-dom Instagram just got deleted as well, so the new one is pim.lady. Uh, you can follow my Twitter. I'm super active on Twitter for my pro-dom account. That is at theladypim1. You can email me, you know, if you have a suggestion for a show, you want to pitch an idea uh, or a theme or a guest at me, you can do that at thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com. Once again, the Patreon is patreon.com slash thebedpostshow. You can go to our YouTube page where the Bedpost Sex Show on YouTube. I'm doing a new series called Bedpost Product Reviews where I review fun sex toys with funny people. Um, What the fuck else do I have going on? So much. Um, One huge last thank you to Stephanie Copeland who does all the original music for this podcast. And of course, uh, you the listener. And thirdly, of course, my last thank you is to my fantastic guest today, Steve. Uh, and um, yes, go follow him, hire him for all your polyam um, and kinky uh, fetish fashion needs. Until then, we'll see you next time. We'll be in this studio with another fantastic, sexy guest talking about sex and sexual uh, sexuality with me here on the Bed Post Podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>